thinking about, I was thinking about when we used to start each episode by saying our names. Do you remember that? Yeah, but that was, that was silly. I think, <laughs> that was silly. <laughs> I think people know who we are by now. After the part. fifth. After, let's, let's do it one more time because Nevin's here. God damn. Let's just do it so he knows because he maybe maybe he didn't hear maybe he didn't listen to our our first beginning podcast. But do you do you remember how we did it? Already evolved past that though. Yeah, I, I was going to say yeah, that, was, just... that was like seventy episodes ago. All right, all right, let's just let's just do it. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. Right, I think uh, who was first? Damn. You were first. All right, it was I may... me or no no it was it was you me and then Anas. All right, all right. Okay, well, I already did it. Well, Josh God already... damn! <laughs> there you go. There's your oh, introduction. Oh shit! <laughs> you, made me, you made me. You made me mess up. All right, let's say three. Remember, I would count down too. Remember that yeah, yeah, three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're already recording. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> All right, it'd be like this. It would be like this. It'd be like three, two, one. I'm Abe. I'm Josh. I'm Anas. And, and this, this, and I'm Nevin. Oh shit, Nevin too, dog. Come on now. Yeah, I, I feel like I messed y'all's flow up right there. <laughs> hey, Abe was hey, supposed you... to introduce you, but he didn't. Yeah. Do y'all remember when Nevin would be in the podcast in the beginning? Uh, the very early episodes. Remember when when Nevin would come in after us, but it would be very quiet, so even, no, nobody knew. <laughs> yeah, Nevin, Nevin has been a host with us like since when? Since we started, the beginning. Day one. Yeah, the beginning. Day one. Since day one. Day one. I, I remember he was. I think about he had the... his 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 mic was on mute the whole time. That's why, since we started, so, yeah, so yeah, you never yeah. really heard him. I think. I mean, ever since the Alico Barn, Nevin has been here every every step of the way. Yeah, so. he was oh, he... talking the whole time. It's just like you can't hear anything. It was always muted. <laughs> <laughs> he was the one that pioneered the Alico Barn. He wouldn't have mm-hmm. been. Had the illegal barn idea if it wasn't for only him. only true viewers of the podcast will will know who Nevin is. There we go. Do, do you guys do that? Like you would be you'd be listening to someone talk, but you have your mic on mute. Then like you try to like come in and like say something, but your mic is oh, still on bro. mute. And you just like you're talking <laughs> to yourself. <laughs> At work, when I'm in a Zoom meeting and I don't realize that my mic is on mute and I'm and I answer somebody. And they don't they don't acknowledge me, and I just I like I keep going, and I'm like you know you you feel like uh, you're like did I just not say it loud enough? Like am I am I a quiet boy? You start yelling. Yeah. Hey, Nevin. What's up? Hey, man. So, so a hey, couple of weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, we commentated the uh, Equip Nationals. And and all three of us were on separate platforms. Crazy, right? And so that's what today's episode's about, right? We're talking about equipment. Like, what's what kind of transition oh, yeah. is that? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Where are you going to go with that? That was the L transition, Abe. I'm sorry. Like, well, what else are we talking? Like, it's like he's what going else? like in the direction. Yeah. It's like yeah, like I was. We were commentating. We saw a couple people get hurt. No, oh, I mean, fuck. I think you can help with that, Nevin, huh? You're a PT, Look, right? Maybe, you think but you can, you can I, would, <laughs> I would say they probably weren't wearing enough knee wraps or something oh, like that. So. Not enough support. <laughs> Nevin gets it. There we go. He, right. he understands. There you go. Okay, <laughs> enough enough memeing around. Nevin, can you uh, can you? Well, first of all, welcome. Josh already did welcome you, but I'll welcome you again. And uh, it's good to have you on the podcast, brother. Um, can you tell Appreciate the it. people your little elevator speech? Who are you? 
Yeah, um, my name is Nevin. I'm a physical therapist uh, here in Texas, Irving, DFW area. Been practicing for about three years. Um, I love working with athletes in, you name it, powerlifting, soccer, football, baseball, basketball, uh, general population as well. You know, if you just want some trouble or if you just want some help getting back to gardening and standing up, bending down, whatever it might be. But, uh, yeah, um, I was introduced to y'all's podcast from my girlfriend, Christine, and also just knowing Josh for the past, I want to say two years, maybe. I don't know. Then, yeah, two years. So two years. Yeah. 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 Quick Um, little intro right there. Met you at the, uh, what is it? The club, club for, for fitness. fitness up in yeah. um, Capel when yeah. I was doing my, my commercial gym stint. So Nevin was one of the three people that you were talking about that you actually were tolerating. Yeah, yeah. It was him. It was Adrian. It was Christine, and like that was like our like the couple people that I was like, oh, okay, you guys aren't like you guys. You guys know what you're doing. You're yeah. not cringing like the the teenagers that come in and just bother me for no reason y'all don't train in your pajamas all the high schoolers yeah yeah so yeah that's where we met and what is it at that time i was still like neck deep in like chiropractic school so i would kind of bother you and christine about pt stuff like every now and then I was like a year out at that point and probably bullshitting all my answers to you. So, oh shit! <laughs> Did you just recently graduate as well, Nevin? No, it's it's been what three years, a little over three years. So, right. It, uh, what school yeah. did you go to? Uh, it was in Austin University of Saint Augustine for health oh. sciences. Nice. So, yeah. How did you end up? How did you end up in the DFW area? Uh, I've been here since middle school. So, wait, did you uh, say Austin? I, you yeah, to, you yeah, that was oh, okay, PT okay. school. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah. Okay. and then I, I was in DFW since middle school. So my brief stint away was going for PT school because even undergrad oh. was here at UT Dallas. So nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. So at heart, you've always kind of been like a a Dallas boy, a DFW boy. <laughs> Pretty much. Okay. DFW boy. Okay. 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 Well, how'd you um, how'd you find powerlifting? Powerlifting found me. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> oh, um, dang! Like, is it like that? No, no, yeah. no. Um, <laughs> nice. Do you know Garrett? <laughs> Garrett. Did he find He's you? Garrett. <laughs> you would know if he found you. If he oh, is a big, big, big guy. Well, well, no, you know that you know that meme. You've been on here for for a while. You've been our co-host for a minute, but uh, <laughs> my bad, my bad. My bad. <laughs> so you do you do train as a as a powerlifter, or you do you do train uh, a power a powerlifting style? I had a brief stint, and by brief stint, I want to say like a year, year and a half, probably. Nice. Um, yeah, it was it was fun, but not something that at the time I was mature enough to handle at a high level because I cannot gauge RPE to save my life and everything was a nine. So yeah. <laughs> how does that go after a few weeks, right? <laughs> that sounds like about most of the people I know. Oh yeah. So taking a step back from heavy lifting lately. So I still 
deadlift, squat, bench weekly. Well, not in like the last month, but that's a whole different mm-hmm. story. But mm-hmm. generally speaking, yeah. And uh, just not really powerlifting specific. Okay, cool. So like, I guess from there, um, you've you've done a, a, a meet, right? No, I've, comp- I've never I was going to say. I, I, I thought you've done a meet before. No, 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 no I have not. Oh, man. Would you ever? No, would sir, you? I, would I? That's a good question. Yeah, I know would Christine you? really wants me to. I'm open to it for sure. It's not. It's it's something I would never say no to. Right. Um. Well, like, why but, would you though? Yeah. Exactly. Why would yeah. you? Why would you need to? <laughs> I mean, I don't need to, but I think it would be fun just to challenge myself and just go out there and prove something to myself that hey, I can go mm-hmm. lift in front of a couple people and you know like work towards a solid total and be proud of it for myself and know that all the hard work you put in pays off at the end you know so see what i just did there i, as I actually i just i reverse psychology you just now and so that <laughs> that right there brother that right there now, is the reason you're going to go compete this yeah. year exactly exactly now maybe, i have to compete maybe yeah. the true meet was the friends we made along the way oh my god oh Oh, he's going to get philosophical on us. All right, everybody. Follow us on on Spotify. A child child was born just now. (laughs) Beautiful child was born. Uh, Did you, you, like, generally, I mean, I I saw, you know, I did a little deep dive into your Instagram. And by deep dive, I mean, whenever I saw that (laughs) your image was hyperimposed (laughs) over my picture, uh not my like so you know the logo uh for those who don't know nevin you know this because you've been a part of the podcast since day one but the image our logo is actually josh uh on my left side me in the middle and then anas on my right hand side and then the it's a picture from the back uh and then i saw that your image was over mine and i'm like we do kind of look alike so uh from that i gauged that you're very fit and so obviously you've you've you know trained in some capacity your whole life right yeah um i mean i'll be honest my side of the story is i thought it was the four of us and then we just couldn't fit enough space so we just had to crop out the three of y'all you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was a it was a power bar wasn't like a squat bar you know like i was squat bar is a little bit longer I'm sitting on Nevin's shoulders in the original image, but <laughs> we couldn't, we couldn't make it all fit, but yeah, no, but I got, I got from that, you know, that you're, yeah, you, we kind of look alike, I guess, which is a, which is a, I'll take it as a compliment, if anything. Okay, I'll take it as a compliment as well. So we're you both didn't sound sexy. so sure. There we go. Fuck yeah. <laughs> we're, we're both sexy. There we go. Josh, Anas, y'all can honestly just fucking drop at this oh point. This God. is this is the Nevin and A podcast. There we go. There we go. There we go. Man, I was I was glad that someone else picked up on it though, because like like when I was making the the image to do promo for it, I was like. Nevin's like a uh, picture, his profile picture that he has on his personal page, like almost superimposes like nicely in the middle of our chalk my back like logo. So I was like, yeah, this is good. I, 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 was logo. Like, I, I was like, mm-hmm. I hope people I hope people get that like Abe and Nevin kind of look similar if they've seen because like like when when we go out, 
and we yeah. talk to people in the powerlifting community, Abe is like the first person they notice. But when they ask Abe no. stuff, it's always like, oh, where's a Nas? Yeah, a Nas like, is the first. Well, me, me, maybe from the back of my head. Like, but <laughs> not, like I've been told Abe. on multiple occasions, oh, you're Abe, the one from a Nas's podcast. Nice. And I'm like, and I'm honestly like, <laughs> hey, again, I take that as a W. I'm like, yeah. you get, you goddamn right. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. surprised you haven't fought anyone yet. Why? No, I love you. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, look, okay. So Nevin, we were at Equip Nationals, right? Check this. Uh, are you familiar with TSS? You better make it. You better make it smooth transition out of this. <laughs> are you Are you familiar with TSS, Texas Spring Systems? Yeah, yeah. They they have a crew. Uh, they you know you go to a meet that has them uh, running it. They have a crew, and spotting and loading, uh, doing all the numbers. You name it, they got a crew for it. But we were at the uh, at this expo in Dallas, and I swear to you, dude, Josh, myself, and Anas each were at our own table. But if you looked at Anas's table, you would have thought that it was like fucking Justin Bieber, uh, goddamn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like a celebrity because it was just flopped. I coach these guys the TSS group. All oh, right, I, check I this coach, out. I coach all check of them. Out. We go there. We go over to Anas's table. Like, hey, Anas, let's have a good commentating day. First of all, he snubs us. Says, "Fuck off." But anyway, oh. <laughs> oh, that didn't happen. Right, that, part, that, that, didn't part, happen. that part probably wasn't true. No, but he did have an abundance of energy drinks: six packs, eight packs of like amino energies, uh, the rocks branded energy drink um so my question to you nevin is how long have you been training <laughs> See how, smooth, how yeah, long smooth. have i been training um ninth grade tenth grade oh. probably were you fat but as a child like i wasn't fat as a child i got fat in like my early 20s were you mm. fat hey, yeah as a child Hey, is that hey, why you hey, asked? Is that why yeah, you asked? Honestly, I wanted to see if me and Nevin had a similar childhood. <laughs> 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 yeah, but uh, but no, but honestly, okay, my, I have a, I have a real question. Then we'll go back, to Josh, to your string of questions. Is like yeah, yeah. why, why, like why PT? You know, like you, you seem to, uh, you seem to have a lot of passion when you speak about it. Like your intro um, seemed very natural, and it seemed like you can definitely tell that you you care about what you're doing so why did you choose this as your career yeah um long story but i'll, I'll try to condense it as much as i can but i'll be 100 percent honest with you i have no clue how i got into pt school hmm. and it honestly kind of just happened because my last year of college i was a psychology major and i thought i was going to go into some sort of like counseling or something of the sort so I wanted, I knew I wanted to help people and, um, it was my senior year and I had, if y'all knew me back then, I was, God, I wish I did not really, yeah, not really the most motivated person and kind of just went with the flow with most things. So Mm. I really didn't know what I was going to, what the next step would be. So my mom ended up having a rotator cuff surgery and I would take her to see physical, uh, a physical therapist like two or three times a week. And the PT asked me to just, you know, start shadowing and volunteering, probably just needed someone to clean some tables and whatnot. So I was like, yeah, sure. Let's do it. And 
that kind of got me into the field a little bit. And then from there, I just volunteered for the rest of the summer after graduating. And I figured, you know what, I'll give it a shot. So I took the prereqs at North Lake Community College over the next like year. And I applied and I got in. I was like, oh, shit. Okay, cool. Let's let's, hmm. let's figure this out, you know. And I'm, I'll, I'll be the first to tell you I'm not the smartest guy in the room ever. But if you put me in a room with a bunch of people, I'll get whatever task that needs to get done, done. And that's kind of like my life motto. So when I got, I remember day one orientation, I'm talking to all these people. Oh, what's your background? Everyone's like, movement science, kinesiology, biomechanics, you name it. And I'm like, damn, I don't even know what those words mean yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was funny because I remember day one, uh, first class we took was applied anatomy. And I'm in there, you know, like half naked in the room with everyone else, just Sorry, wondering, like, on. okay. Hold on, wait, hold on, wait, let's just go back. I, I love uh, it. Are you I'm, sure <laughs> that this was a... Was it a school? We, did they give you a diploma yeah, when it, you graduated yeah. from the school? I, I know they, what, they what he's us... going through, but, like, I know that you guys haven't gone through I'm like, I've I've actually gone through that, too. Do you get paid like, to do it, or do you, you pay the school oh, no. to take that? We're, we're paying to get naked. Yeah, we're oh, paying. No, yeah. no, 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 we're no, actually no. in yeah. debt to go do this. Like, yeah. Yo, yeah. See, hold on. Now, we talked about this on the podcast, Nevin. So now there's people who will actually watch you. They'll pay you to watch you lift in your underwear. That's, so you don't need to. I don't think that's that's true. I don't I think, think you got to do this. You know, Anas has done it for a few people. But I, I, I heard something like that. I don't know yeah. where. I honestly couldn't even tell you. But like, look, man, something about lifting an underwear and then selling. Not, 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 not for guys. Not for guys. You're a good-looking guy, a, young. Uh, you know, just you got your whole life ahead of you. Uh, no, but so let's just take a step back. So this, that's I'm sure that's part of the curriculum in this anatomy class, yeah. applied anatomy yeah. class, yeah. possibly. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, I remember huh. Huh. they were there sitting and talking about like circulatory system, blood flow, the nervous system, and all these nerves. And I'm like, holy shit! I thought I was just gonna learn about some muscles and know some cool exercises. <laughs> I thought I was gonna be, I thought I was gonna I be uh, yeah, chiseling yeah. chiseling uh, big breasted Latina women on Instagram. I didn't think <laughs> yes, I was gonna yes. actually be. That's what no. I was thinking. I was trying to take that class yeah. too, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, where's the big breasted where's the big breasted latina class? I took that class but it was like a, i think that was like a 2000 level not not the 4000 level yeah i didn't have the prereqs i think once you uh, go above 3000 level that's when you get naked how do you become a professor for this applied anatomy class cuz i want to be i want to be in there and being like hey nice cock what <laughs> hey nevin you passed brother what okay Professor oh Abe, I don't know how oh, you got that's... tenure. Oh God! Yeah, no, so, no, that's, that's that's that sounds relatable. So, how did you? It sounds like you were facing just like a little bit relatable. of imposter syndrome. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, the 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 fact that he was like in class being like, "Oh shit!" Like, uh, oh, okay. I feel I feel like I sh- maybe shouldn't be here. Like, Out how did place. you how did you navigate those feelings? Um, at first, I just ignored him, and then. Hmm. I failed my first anatomy test, and I was like, "Okay, wow. that 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 was probably the big wake up call." Because I tried going about my undergrad lifestyle, and it wasn't going to work. So I had to kind of like reset, revamp my mind, and get serious about it. And that's where I just fully went all in on just focusing on school. 
And <clears throat> um, yeah, it's kind of how it really just kicked off after that first. It was after that first semester where I started taking things like a little more seriously and understanding that I'm definitely going to be doing this for the rest of my life. So let's let's you know let's let's dial in and get get focused. Nice, but it all started with your mom having that uh, interaction with the, the 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 physical trainer that kind of sparked yeah. it and like it like it maybe planted that seed to where you're like oh I can refer to that that job role or i wouldn't even know if it was like more of a seed more so so like background right i'm indian so it's like expected that you go do something like uh like either you go be an engineer or you go be a doctor or you go do this xyz so there was a part of me that was just fulfilling that duty at the same time right so that that's part of what it was that the reason why i was there it wasn't like this big motivating i've been trying to get here since you know, like senior year of high school, I knew what I always wanted to do. It was more or less of like, all right, cool. I guess this is what's expected of me. I'm going to go give it a shot. And so you, you, you were forced to do it? Is that what you're saying? Not forced to. More <laughs> of just living up to expectation. Yeah. Or trying Social, to meet. Yeah. Social expectations. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Okay. Do you feel like maybe that was why you kind of uh, rebelled a little bit in, in some of your academics because you felt like there was that expectation? So it was less more. It was less about like what you wanted and more about maybe what your family wanted or what society wanted from you. That's deep. That That's, is deep. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I, I know. Like I, 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 I'm like thinking about this for like the first time in this context, and it's like, oh shit, that that might be it. Mm -hmm. wow Um, maybe maybe maybe. but ultimately though you found this career and again the passion is there enough to where you um i don't want to misrepresent this but you're starting a a practice yourself right like you have something that you are building yourself yes so we not entirely myself uh christine my girlfriend she's also a physical therapist we're both in this together. She is pretty much the architect behind the entire thing. Nice. I'm just the PT, right? So um, creativity and ideas, I'll just shoot out what's in my brain and then she organizes it, collects mm-hmm. the information and just puts it into actionable steps. And that's how we've been operating to this point. So it's been, it's been a blessing and much easier to get something like that started not hard not not easy just easier to get something started when you got a partner like that so it's been it's been a it's been a tough start but it's been a good start too so what's like been the hardest part about starting that business because that was one of the questions that uh one of our viewers asked what was the hardest part um i think just getting through like well, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll frame it from where the idea really spawned. And the idea spawned in my head probably after my my like first year and a couple months into being a PT. I was working at like your traditional like PT mill, right? Where you're just seeing X amount of people who's paying their insurance on a daily, like, you know, like just going through insurance. So. Right. Uh, I, I would say, like in the chiro profession, the equivalent of Rackham or Crackman Rackham, right? Just kind of like, Correct. yeah, get them in like, and out type of deal. And gotta, <clears throat> for meet me, numbers make money, sell. Exactly. You know, yeah. Exactly. And mm-hmm. I didn't feel like 
I was using my skills or like what I wanted to learn because I didn't know what I wanted to learn yet either, but I knew there was a lot more out there. I didn't feel like I was using that to its full advantage or at least as ideally as I would like. There's limitations. Insurance tells you how you should do XYZ treatment and what you're allowed to do depending on what insurance someone has. And that's just some like BS stuff right there. So for me, it was kind of all of that stuff. So I gave it a shot last year, actually, um, in April. April of 2022 is when I started my business, if you will. And I fell flat on my face. It was as bad as it could be when you first start a business. And if if y'all look at like what is said about like first time businesses, most of them always fail. And that's exactly what happened last year. And there was a lot of resistance after that because, you know, like I just felt like shit, like I suck. I'm like, I, I'm just going to work at this clinic for the rest of my life. And that kind of ate at me for a few months and until the end of the year, actually. And I just kind of had my snapping point and I told myself, it's like, you know what? Let's think about why it failed and why it yeah. sucked. And yeah, what, what were some of the key points that you took away from that, that first failure, I guess? Yeah. So yeah. it one was I had to battle my ego, right? That was probably the biggest thing because when it first failed, I convinced myself of all these external factors like, oh, it was I, I just went after the wrong idea or I didn't do it in the right sequence or I didn't do this. I didn't do that. And then a few months later, when I actually thought about it, it's like, no, you're just not as good as you think you are. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and I, I, I took that like check to myself and I was like, you know what? What can I do about that? And I had to get better. So I sought out mentorship and seeking out mentorship and getting taught by people who have been there, done that at the highest level that there is in pro sports who are worldwide and whatnot. That that was the biggest game changer. It gave me the confidence, gave me the skill set and it gave me the eyes and the tools to thoroughly assess another human being and get them from point A to point B without any sort of like gap in treatment or anything like that and that's when mm -hmm. i when i knew it's like that's what i was missing and once i took that completed knowledge and applied it to the business now it's been it, it, it took off way faster than i ever thought it would and mm. that's kind of where it is now so i would say the biggest summarizing that i guess the the biggest thing that or what was the question really? Like the hardest part oh, of starting hardest, it? Yeah, hardest part was yeah. your, to humble your ego. Humble my ego and um, just understanding that failure is, uh, it, failure is only failure if you don't move forward from there. Oh, man. So, yeah. So I have a question with that then. So it was like in the, with your first business, did you like try to do everything on your own and not seek help? Is that kind of why you feel like it fell flat? Like, or is that one of the, the main proponents as to why um, you felt like your business didn't do as well as it should or? Um, no, because I, 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 I bought a business mentorship, like mm -hmm. a program that teaches you how to start these things. And with like coaching and whatnot, 
but for some reason, like my head was just so far up my own ass that I thought, you know, I, I can just get away with the knowledge that I had. And so the product I tried to put out was not that good. And I couldn't see that for myself at the time. Oh, I see. So that's, okay. that, that's a lot of what it was. Real quick, I gotta, I, I just gotta hop in real quick because you know I don't know. Nevin seems like a very confident guy. I'm sure, he knows kind of his strengths and his weaknesses. So I may be uh, telling you something you already know, Nevin. But I just gotta say, you know, when I when I hear somebody like you speak, um, I feel compelled to tell you how much I appreciate it, how much it resonates, how much it's. Um, it's it's such a breath of fresh air. We've had a lot of people on the podcast. Uh, you know, we appreciate every single one of them. Not everybody is so willing to to admit uh, to their failures. Up. Yeah, yeah. Not everybody is so willing to to kind of explain what goes on in the backgrounds, or not everybody is so introspective to be able to understand maybe some of their motivations and and what they've done to to improve. You know, you are very open with it um it, it, it again it resonates in what you're saying uh it's relatable it's human and it's and it's motivational right it's not it's not um canned responses and it's not cliches um oh, it's not so hard to come response, by yeah. yeah that is <laughs> i mean we've yeah. like you're not telling you're not here you're not here telling us like yeah you know uh Oh, work I hard. <laughs> get, yeah, work hard, yeah. eat a hamburger. Yeah, wake you know. up at four thirty in the morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Um, do you do you think that that the qualities that you possess, and it, whether you agree with me or not, I'm not gonna let you tell me that you disagree with me. If you were gonna, I don't know if you were gonna tell me that, but <laughs> I, the qualities that you possess, that I feel that you possess, do you think that that's an important quality for a PT? uh to to possess in order to connect with their clients what specific quality are you talking about well your your speaking ability for one your ability to to relate so your person you're personable you're a very personable person um and and your ability to explain things in a way you're not using like i haven't heard you say one word that I've had to look up. And I feel like people in the fitness industry have a tendency to get really wordy with what they're <laughs> saying. So you, you, those three things, your speaking ability, your personable nature, and your, and your ability to explain things um, in a way that's not rid, like not over my head. Like, are those important qualities? And do you think that a lot of people are missing the mark? 100% important qualities. I think Fundamentally, regardless of what you know or don't know in just working in healthcare, fitness, coaching, training, whatever it is, if you can't communicate to the level of the person that you're working with, then nothing else matters, like period. And funny enough, I learned that lesson harder than ever this year because <clears throat> I work for a company called uh, Crossover Health. And this is just on the side as well. And we work with Amazon employees exclusively, right? And mm -hmm. a lot of the people that work in these big factories or warehouses, right? They're immigrants. They, English is their second language. They're, you know, like they've been in America for two or three years, whatever it might be. 
or it's someone with just like a really like um, low socioeconomic background. And these are people who have very poor health literacy. So I'm not ever going to sit there and try to explain to them exactly what's going on verbatim. You got to meet people where they are right? and allow them to, you know, like peek their head out and slowly expose themselves to what you have to give them. Right. But mm-hmm. that's not going to work unless you meet them where they are. So I think that's a very important quality in anything that we do, honestly. Where do, where do you, uh, and I'll let, before we move on to the questions that the rest of our viewers ask, my last question, the follow-up on that is, uh, is, is all this through, um, experience? Did you, did you bring these skills with you, um, just as a, as a, an extension of your personality or, or how did you develop, um, uh, these skills that you feel like differentiate you from your competitors and are also that much, that much more important in your opinion? Like, how did you develop them? I think a bit of both. Um. I would say as disadvantaged, if you will, as I was going into PT school from a um, knowledge perspective of movement, yeah, I had a good understanding of how to communicate and not read people per se, but just understand other people, I guess, just from taking a vast amount of psychology courses in undergrad. Mm-hmm. So I would say that played a big role because I would just question everything in PT school for better or for worse versus a lot of contemporary they would just kind of like oh I already learned this I don't need to know more about it Mm because everything for me was new and when something is new it's more interesting for a lot of the folks a lot of the stuff that they learned weren't necessarily new more so than I have to get through this I can get to that next course or whatever it might be you know Mm -hmm. so I had an appreciation for everything I learned whether I thought I was bullshit or not I had an appreciation for it and I think my continued like questioning on it was helpful. And then also that that's just from my end, which I would say is probably like 30% of it. The rest of it is just from seeing other great PTs online and seeing the way that they interacted with their, <clears throat> with their followers or the questions that they were put out questioning other physical therapists and kind of poking the, like, like poking the bear, if you will. I saw a lot of that online and I realized there's a lot of disparity between PTs. They're not all the same. And that was mm-hmm. kind of like that turning point for me. It's like, okay, one, what kind of PT do you want to be? And two, let's hear out all of them and see where the common ground is. Right. Yeah. And then from there, once you get the common ground down, then it's okay to start exploring out a little bit more, you know? God, so, dude, that is so fucking... Uh, I'm eating this shit up, honestly, dude. You're speaking yeah, my language. Do it, do it, Abe. Eat it just up. Shut, you know. No, I mean, it's just like... Like, it's so real, because, like, I feel like a lot of... Because I've experienced something similar with my transition into the into cybersecurity. With that initially, I didn't know what the fuck, you know, what I was doing. So I was so willing to ask questions and learn because I was, like, willing to admit that I didn't know anything. And so it's just like... um yeah i mean it's really it's again it's it's appreciative that you're able to you know speak in such a a vulnerable and and introspective way so i I, that's that's awesome brother appreciate that okay so So, i guess i'll I'll go back rewind a little bit whenever you because you said you graduated and you came out of pt school not knowing that you had like a gap in skills until you like open your first business and you're like, okay, well, 
there is something missing here. I'm lacking some skills. So what do you think those skills were that you were missing like from uh, like from your PT school that you needed to kind of fill uh, op- like from, from that point to opening your own business? Like, was it like more like business skills? Like, was there more uh, like nuanced stuff as far as like, uh, like actual practical PT stuff that you needed to, to kind of learn? Uh, and the, you talked also about the mentorships, like what are, what were those mentorships and which ones were like the most beneficial? Okay. Yeah, I gotcha. That's a great question. Um, all right. Let's see where I start this from. It was I a long ass question. And I was <clears throat> goddamn. No, it's, it's good. I, I, I got you though. I got yeah. you though. He got um, you. So the big, the big thing off the bat was, uh, I'll start it by talking about the insurance industry first, right? Because most PTs are working in the insurance industry. And when you work in the insurance industry, you're, you've, you're being fed patients all the time. It doesn't like, you're not out. I mean, unless you work for like a small group, which most are not, you're, you're just being fed patients. At least that's my experience, right? And when you're being fed patients constantly, and these are people who, you know, they're, they've had surgery or they, their doctor just told them, hey, go see the PT or whatever it might be. Because of the insurance model, they're paying 10, 15, 20 bucks, maybe, depending on what, what their insurance is. It doesn't really matter, but you have more access to these people. And when you have more access to people, then you... it's almost like a never ending. Well, it doesn't matter having a plan from day one, because you know, they're going to keep showing up anyway, because that's part of their benefit. Right. And so at that point, most PTs are very well equipped at working with someone on a session by session basis. Right. And that's all that matters. to them. the bigger picture doesn't matter because guess what? This person is going to keep showing up. And if they fall off, the next person is going to come on board. And that is a very limited way of practicing. And that's, and I didn't know that because I never stepped out of that to begin with. And that's exactly how I was for the first, for the better part of my career. And then when I started my own and the first big failure was when someone comes up to me and is asking me, how long is it going to take to get better? I can give them general timeframes, but I don't have a systematic method of, getting from point A to point B because this is the first time that someone's paying me their own cash money and telling me that they want to work with me. And now I got to deliver on that in a very specific time frame. I've never had to work on a specific time frame because of the insurance model. So now I got to make something up and people can smell bullshit immediately. It, it's, it's just there. There's, and I'm not a good liar. I'm, you're going to see it on my face or my tone or whatever it might be real quick. And that's when I realized it's like, oh shit, like you can't just fuck around with people's money and their health and their livelihood when you do your own thing. You better be damn good at what you do unless your offer is, I'm just gonna make you feel good, which any PT can do. Just go do some hands-on soft tissue work or do some dry needling or cupping or stretch them out do any of that palliative stuff and people will feel good but when you're working in the private practice world it's not about getting people feeling good it's about delivering an outcome 
And that's the most important thing. And that's where that big gap was for me. It's like, I didn't know how to deliver outcomes. I knew how to get there gradually without pr promising an exact time frame. But when you're doing your own private thing, you have to be able to tell someone how it's going to happen, what exactly is going on with them, how long it's going to take them, and pretty much let them know, hey, this is what we did today. Next week, this is what we need to work on. And we need to do these things today so that we're you know, building that foundation to bridge the gap. And you just make sure that you meet their expectations every step of the way. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I answered the rest of the question. Yeah, so so it sounds like you were like you had a bunch of information, but it wasn't organized in a way that you have like your own model, like of how to treat exactly. patients. Um, exactly. Like I think, like yeah, like with with PT school, like that was like something that you didn't learn, and like you had to go out on your own and learn it. It's like was that one thing, kind of just like developing your own model. Absolutely, that that that's like right on the that that. What my big spiel right there, you just summed it down into like a sentence, developing a model. That's exactly what it comes down to. Okay. So I guess like if we go a little bit deeper into that, it's like what, um, if you were to like summarize what your model is or like what it, um, like what do you kind of take from like, is it like more of like a biopsychosocial and like, you're just going to integrate that? What are the things that kind of influenced your model? And like, how do you, I guess, I don't know. I don't know if like that's a good question, but if you can just kind of explain what the model is, I guess. For sure. And I'll start by saying it's not at all my model by any means, right? This is thing. These are things that I've learned from brilliant PTs and I'm just, copycatting essentially right you i'm i'm not going to sit here and come up with the next big thing but what i can do to help as many people as i can is learn the big things from people who have been there done that and then just spread that out a little bit more so i'll start by saying that but as far as the model itself is concerned yeah it, it is based off of a little bit of the biopsychosocial model right which you know <clears throat> the the context of the care itself matters. And I think establishing expectations from the very, very beginning is the most important thing. And that's the first question I ask anyone that sits across from me. And that question is, what are you expecting out of today? Because based off of that, that's where the rest of the treatment is going to go, right? And I've got a bunch of other questions to follow up on, but I'm going to make sure that if you're sitting across from me, I'm going to address the needs that you came in for and not just go off of what I think is best for you, right? Now, from a movement perspective, that's the that's the fun part, right? I think we can all kind of like chime in on this part. So what what question do you have as far as like the movement part of it? Yeah, I guess like, well, because like you have a lot of systems out there now, um, like you have like FRC, PRI and like all that kind of stuff. Like, do you kind of take any tools from them or do you just kind of um, like have your own method or like, what do you kind of look at whenever you're assessing movement? Um, like if, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. So from a zoomed out point of view, the first thing I am going to assess is just general range of motion, right? Um, forward bend, backward bend, side flexion, rotation, just in standing. And the, the first, 
I like to think about it in lenses, right? And or or putting on different hats, right? You're looking at things from a from a coaching perspective. You're looking at things from a psychological perspective. You're looking at things from a physics perspective. You're looking at things from a biomechanics perspective. You're looking at things from a uh, mobility perspective. You name it, right? And you got to be able to switch these hats out depending on what that person needs. So based off of that initial like range of motion stuff, I'm always looking. The first thing is always for me, how is this person managing their like their center of gravity, essentially, right? And where does that land over their base of support? Because more often than not, that's that's the biggest issue for everyone. It's like, unless it's like a specific injury, it's more or less of like, how do these people manage gravity? So that's one of the first things that I'm looking at when someone's moving. And that in itself is going to give a lot of information. Now, if we're talking about like lower body uh, or before we go into that, just like the forward bend, backward bend, all of that, that's going to be very much like an FMS style of assessment, if you will. Right. If I don't know. Are you guys familiar with like FMS? Mm-hmm. No, not at all, Doug. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, but just keep going. I mean, you're riffing right now. So. Yeah. I don't know. No, I don't know. So, the, I don't yeah. even understand Anas's question to you, but um, I got you. So, so I'll, I got you. I'll, I'll, I'll simplify it a little bit. So, for example, we'll go with the forward bend, right? Uh, when I'm assessing someone forward bend, first thing I tell them is, "Hey, with your fingertip, reach for your toes." Mm. And I don't tell them to just bend forward. You give them a specific cue, so that gives them intent. And based off of the intent is how they're going to initiate that movement, which is how all oh, movement yeah. typically is, right? Smart. So now we're looking at a few things. Does their chin go to their chest, okay? Are they getting good thoracic flexion? Are their scapulas protracting? Are they getting good ribcage depression retraction? Is their pelvis tilting? Are they getting a good posterior weight shift, right? All of these things, you're looking at it. And then <clears throat> you're just essentially seeing – how all of that ties into the story that they gave you. Now, let's just say it's a lower body injury. From there, one of the big things that I notice or have started to notice a lot more is the concept of driving or or distal co-contractions on like the, the, the proximal segments of the body, aka at the same time, like our muscles working together further down the chain like the knee ankle Mm. which is going to allow the hip to do its optimal job right and instead of focusing just on the hip so for example right someone who has back pain and i'm going to cheat a little bit here because one of the questions that josh had earlier was what are some of the biggest issues powerlifters have Mm -hmm. so i'm going to take an i'm going to take your question and kind of tie it into that a little bit right So let's go with back pain, lifters who have back pain. So a big thing that I notice, right, is are they getting a good contraction of their their calf and their hamstring, right, together to delay the knee from extending? Because the more we can delay knee extension, right, the more our hips and our glutes can do the job to perform the real extension, because if that knee locks out too quick, we have no option but to load through the low back, right? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like on a deadlift, oh. locking out your knees too soon, you can you'll uh, you'll exactly. be good morning good morning the uh, exactly or Romanian deadlifting the rest of the way up. Exactly right, and 
a big thing that I've seen, especially with people who squat, right? If you're too shifted into your heels, right? Because when you drive through the heels, your knees are going to lock out a lot faster. And that's when that low back starts to kick in a little bit more. Versus yeah. if you could find midfoot a little bit better, right? Then your 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 knees won't work as hard because now your calf and your hamstring, they're allowed to contract together at the same time and allow the hip to truly extend. Yeah. And yeah. it's a very subtle thing. So what I'll do is I'll put someone in a supine position and I'll have them do a midfoot bridge off off of one leg. So pretty much your knee is going to be a little bit past 90 degrees. You're laying on your back and you're pushing through the midfoot. Your heel might be lifted off the floor and you just lift the hips off barely, like like an inch off the ground. And I want to see how long someone can hold that for. Interesting. Either okay. I'm seeing how long they can hold it for or what strategy they use. A lot of people can't do it. They end up extending from their low back or their hamstring cramps up real fast. And those are two different strategies. The oh, hamstring okay. is cramping up because that's the body's fail-safe mechanism. You mm-hmm. go in there, don't even touch the hamstring. All you need to do is maybe do a couple soft tissue things to the calf, retry mm-hmm. it, boom, they get way more intent through the foot now. So was it a hamstring issue or was it a lack of intent through their foot? You know? Mm-hmm. So that's that's one way of going about it. Yeah. And then you that's bring like up the needles, right? <laughs> then you start you start sucking them with the cups and then you start putting dry ass needles in them and then you start Exactly. Right. Well, I mean, I have a lot of follow-up questions, but I guess I'll, Damn, I'll just talk I'll, to Nevin I'll, all day I too, right? You no, fall no. in love with him, right? Don't you know no. Nevin for real? Right? Don't you just fall in love with the guy? You yeah, just keep talking yeah, to him. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking um, dreamy is all <laughs> hell, man. But yeah, but I'll I'll just ask one more question so we can go over the other questions we have here. Uh, so I don't know if you ever seen it. Like, there's like a diagram of, um, like pain in the middle of the diagram, and like you have like a million variables like going out of it, like mm-hmm. kind of pointing towards it. So like, there's a lot of variables whenever you, someone walks walks into your clinic and like, hey, I have back pain. Um, I guess like the first question is, how do you determine which one, like which one of these variables matters the most? Because uh, like there's a lot of noise. Um, so like if you're going to focus on everything, you're not going to get anything done. So like, what's the assessment process as far as that goes for you to kind of uh, like point out the thing that's like the biggest threat, like that will give you the biggest bang for your buck? Um, and like, mm-hmm. I guess from there is like, how do you kind of bridge that gap from someone who's trying to get back to low bar squatting, like with like whatever, 500 pounds to doing those like hamstring bridges or like kind of controlling their center of mass? Because like there is like a big Damn. gap between doing hamstring bridges to uh, to squatting or like to doing uh, sumo deadlifts. Uh, but yeah, like that I, is I guess, a good question because like I'm curious in y'all space. Are there like go tos where you're like 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 if someone's an AC repair man and someone calls them or air, air, AC repair woman or AC repair they it's like if you have if you have somebody call you the first thing you would probably check is the filter the air filter mm-hmm. like ah, have you checked your air filter like are yeah. there things like that like Anas just pointed out that you go to uh, yeah. I mean with like, the human sure. body Almost. there's a chamillion things like so are there air thing. filters in the human body <laughs> absolutely so oh that, fuck that's I'm where... learning. that's where a very thorough like subjective interview on day one is going to come into play so you you start with kind of like getting to hear the person's story what led you here to today right Hmm. 
take me back to when it started. What were you doing at the time, right? And now you're getting an idea of, you know, based off of what they're talking about, you're starting to build a picture in your head. What's shortening, what's lengthening, you know, you're starting to, you're getting them to show you the position of what happened, right? How did it make you feel at the time? Was there anything else going on in life around that time? So now we're digging into like stress, right? Is there, is this a stress response? Did, was there, was, was, you know, were they moving out and, they had all these other variables happening. Did they just break up with their, um, you know, like girlfriend or boyfriend? Did they, did, did, did they have like a crazy family thing going on at the time? You know, you know, start a new job, open a new business, whatever. Yeah. All the above. Right. And so that's, that's another part of the question. What makes the pain better? What makes it worse? You know, you're, you're asking all of these questions, but ultimately one of my favorite questions that I like to ask people is if I can wave a magic wand at you, right what would you love to be doing in six weeks time that you're currently not doing right now? Mm-hmm. Because most people are so fixated on the, on their pain. That's all they want to get rid of, but it's like, we need an objective, right? So I'm going to get you to think outside of the pain for a moment and think about where you truly want to go to. And that's what ends up becoming the the mm. end goal. Right. So then that's where, you know, we kind of draw that line. We're over here right now. And you mentioned to me, Man, I can't, I can't deadlift anymore. My back is killing me. Um, I just want to fix my pain. That's what I hear all the time. I just want to fix my pain. Okay, cool. If if you didn't have pain, what would you be doing in you know three months? Oh, I'll be prepping for a meet. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Now I know that's the goal. Everything we do is geared towards prepping you towards a meet. The best part about that is I don't want to be the person to give the other to give that patient or client the idea. I want them to build that for themselves because you want to you want to curate a self-belief and have them understand that it is their idea. I'm just a a, a jerk or a guide if you will to you mm. coming up with your own idea and asking you questions that clearly that your pain or whatever it is that you're dealing with hasn't allowed you to think of, right? Right. So I feel like I went off like no god damn no, no you didn't no, dude. hey do you yeah. always do you <laughs> always give like an amazing answer or and then just doubt it's yourself hard. afterwards not doubt myself but it's like i can't give short answers it's like a fatal flaw almost I, like i don't know man i feel like you're pretty everything i you're pretty succinct as as yeah. much as you can be, love. right Hey, yeah. hey <laughs> Nas, real quick, yeah. shut the hey. fuck up and don't embarrass me in front of Nevin. Drop, drop your phone number real quick. Drop your phone number. And, and yeah. Yeah. I've already, I've already sent a fucking a follow yeah. request. Honestly, yeah. no, but I yeah, do. Uh, I do. I would be lying if I said got, I wasn't. Uh, we got we got chalk my cheeks coming out next week. <laughs> oh my boy! Oh shit! You're speaking my language oh, now. Yeah, no, that's honestly um. Like to hear, hearing your elicitation uh, process is very, very interesting. Um, kind of root root cause to Anasa's point. You know, you have potential all these different all these potential uh, causes for pain. Um, mm-hmm. And I'll I'll help us get us back on track, Josh, with the questions because that opens up. That gives me a oh, sneaky more, way of asking a question yeah, that I have. More, more doors, yeah, yeah. Go for yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. One of the questions that one of the the viewers wanted to ask is do you work specifically with powerlifters my question if you can fit it in there was who is your your target demographic because example i would think 
and you know y'all 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 gonna laugh, but I y'all gonna I would think that maybe affluent, wealthy, single mothers of the Caucasian variety would have expendable income to to uh, you know focus on a on a PT. So like powerlifters don't there generally a have a lot of extra money, is what I'm trying yeah, to say. Like, yeah. That's yeah, okay. yeah, we've covered that on the podcast before. We yeah, like yeah, powerlifters yeah. definitely don't tend to seek out stuff like you know yeah yeah yeah. so so nevin do you specifically work with powerlifters and do you have the the desire to open up your your clientele to other demographics i got you um so i i I don't specifically work with powerlifters although nice technically i do every single day with christine oh okay um (laughs) but um so that's pretty serious it's not specific yeah, so it's okay. not specific to powerlifters, but I would say a good chunk of my clients are powerlifters, and so I, I, I'm right now. I'm having like I had a w- quick wave early on of powerlifters, along with the wave of soccer players, hmm. and then um, yes, Caucasian women of the affluent part <laughs> of the world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right? yeah, people people and, who have a disposable income, right? Yeah, but even still, um, my goal is to just ultimately provide as much value and help people, and mm-hmm. it's hard to put a price on it at the end of the day because yeah. one, like after session one, I'm I would be willing to guarantee that's some like amount of value that no you're not going to get anywhere else unless it's someone who's you know, like put in that time and effort and whatnot. So I don't even know where I was going with that. I it, mean, it happened again. My bad. I, I, you know, sometimes you get so many things going at the same time, you know, you kind of lose, lose track, but I, I, I get what you're saying. Like initially I would say that powerlifters are very and strength athletes and athletes like that are athletes are very focused on wanting to improve their performance and their athleticism. So they're, they're a great demographic to like, initially yeah. rush in but i would, I, I guess and you answered that 100 percent. i guess my question was like and you i think you touched on it too like i guess there's two different clients in my mind there's like clients that come and go because they need it they have that specific goal and then once they achieve it they're you know they're good and then there are some that maybe are more um uh uh long term they long term yeah. yeah i guess it's the only way i can think of like people who have like lingering pains like maybe people are who are at a certain age and that need a pt visit like maybe every so often yeah so i'll say this my goal ultimately right is one help people live pain free without relying on medication right and constantly seeking short-term solutions, which mm-hmm. would be going and getting, you know, a massage or going to see that person who does dry needling or going and doing the latest fat out there, whatever it might be, like voodoo yeah, leeches. Flossing, you name it. Well, I don't know, right? Most pain is caused by bad blood, which leeches can help remove the bad blood. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so ultimately, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to resolve injuries and lingering pain so people can either avoid surgery long-term mm-hmm. or excel in whatever, uh, you know, in performing whatever activities that they need to do. Yeah. So <clears throat> with that, I 
I don't want to see most people. I don't need to see more than once a week. Yeah. And most people underestimate how much like touch points you truly need with the PT. Right Mm -hmm. now, are there situations where I might want to see someone twice a week? Sure. Right. But at that point, there's going to be a couple reasons why at the end of the day for me is I'm going to understand whatever financial situation or whatever it might be that you're in and provide right. that, that, that the best value that I can. Now, long-term, there are plans to to reach out to those populations a little bit better as well, but I got to yeah, build yeah, my market. foundation first with of getting course, the, so. exactly build the foundation, get it going. But I do have plans of creating like online programs and whatnot in the future. No doubt. Yeah. Cool. I hope you get all the white women in the world. Uh, keep going, John. <laughs> <laughs> what do you What do you think about PTs that don't train? PTs that don't train. I used to like be very like, man, that's some kind of bullshit. How are you gonna tell someone to move but you don't do it yourself? Yeah, but yeah, yeah, there we I, go. I, I, was, I bet you've used to vape. I was too. thinking about it. Yeah. 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 Subaru too. Yeah, <laughs> Subaru. I drive a Subaru on vapes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. So hear me out. I'll, I'll share something very personal with y'all. Okay. Okay. All right. So yeah. I've had, I've had three open heart surgeries. Oh, okay? fuck. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty, pretty serious stuff. I was born with the condition. Everything is good now, right? I'm, I'm not worried long term. Things man's are good. Heart was too big. But, <laughs> but, oh man. But with that, like, I was thinking about that question, and it's like, if my heart surgeon you know, his way of chilling out and, you know, getting out that stress from doing a heart surgery is going out and smoking a cigarette and eating a cheeseburger. I don't give a shit. As long as your hands are steady, you yeah. know what you're doing. You're fucking good at it. Go for it, right? good point. If you don't train, if you don't train, should you? Probably. But if you know your shit and you're damn good at it, I don't think it matters. Yeah, surgeons probably aren't like doing surgery on the side every Saturday, every Sunday on the side, you know? Makes sense. Yeah, there were there were a lot of chiros in school that were like that. What? You don't you don't train, you don't do this. What? You're you're a weirdo. I think what? And they're huh? probably what? the people who are out there putting leeches on people at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, the they're the ones that are chiseling the big titty Latinos just to bring those, them full circle. Those videos. Those videos. Be careful with those videos. But which ones, though? Because there's so many. Which there's which, so which accounts many. are y'all on? Yeah. There's so many that get pushed through the algo. I don't know if you guys want to keep going, but I, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, could, but I, we'll, we'll, shit, we'll just, we'll just could, cut it. We'll just cut it. <laughs> I would love to keep going, honestly. Fuck, Nevins. But uh, yeah, we will we'll be we'll be mindful of time. But I, I guess, Josh, were there any were there any like burning questions that we got from the viewers that you think would be doing a disservice if we didn't ask? No, no, not really. These were these were the good ones. There were there were some weird trolly ones, but yeah. I, I don't think we we mm, should address those. We're not that kind of podcast. Yeah, we're not we that kind of podcast. We don't do that. So <laughs> I have my one last question then, Nevin. That I, I always like asking yeah. this question, um, and I've never really had a chance to bring it to the podcast. So you're, you'll be the first person that we've had on that I've asked this question to. But it, was there a question that we didn't ask that you feel like we should have asked? Okay, let's see. And question you can take that in whatever, ask. yeah, whatever direction you think. If that's whether 
for the people who are listening to get a better idea about you, your business, your way of life, your intent, is there anything that you feel we should have asked to better portray whatever it is you want to you want to portray? Question, the answer may be no. Maybe we just touched on everything. But I want to make sure that you have an opportunity to touch on anything else you feel is, is pertinent. Okay, I got you. I don't think you should have anything because having me on here is a <laughs> okay, privilege all right. oh, all right, to begin look, man. with, right? What a, you're already, you're already going to get a hand oh, job from Manas after this. Like, you're, you're, good. <laughs> but you're, you're the one who's been, full on. You're, you're the one who's been sucking his dick this whole time. <laughs> this whole time? No, that was during, but you're after during. Me, so. Yeah, that was during. That no, was no, during. Abe was Abe was chucking my cheeks. It's all oh, there we go. Chucking them up. Yeah, yeah, a little baby powder, a little chalk on this side. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, what anything anything that you that you want to say to to round it out? Um, one, I want to start by just saying this is this was fun as hell. Like it was a blast. Y'all are fucking good at making people feel comfortable. Um, so thank, thank you. you, and I appreciate you guys for that. And I also appreciate y'all for giving me a platform to to even just kind of like talk about the business, talk about what I do and, mm-hmm. you know, helping people. But um, I'll say this, like y'all are heavy in the powerlifting community. And uh, I, I know Anas, you're a coach, right? Mm-hmm. So, Oh, he's a pro. Literally. Yeah. He's got a pro card. Yeah. It's like a credit card. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I'm, I'm very interested in working with like coaches and athletes and just kind of providing more value to the community because for better or for worse i'm i'm, I'm semi in it anyway i'm going to support christine and everything she does and then of course i have a bunch of powerlifters that i'm working with right now and i'm going to see them through their journey and my goal is i don't want anyone to ever feel intimidated or yeah. like you know like oh this guy's out here to get my athletes or no, my goal is to get my, your athlete back to you as quick as possible. Right. So you can build your reputation even more. So whatever it might be, but at the end of the day, it's all about providing value to as many contexts as you can, not just the person that you're working with, but the mm-hmm. person that they're trying to, you know, like impress or whatever it might be. It doesn't matter. Right. But at the end of the day, it's about providing value, getting results and getting people to perform at the end of the day. Now yeah. I did want to touch on one question that I did, I got on Instagram. What's that about two two myths? Two of the biggest myths in the PT world. Ooh, right? I like this. Okay, okay, yeah. So it, it was hard to boil down to two, so I'll just speak on a few. And these are just things that I've noticed, and a lot of PTs like to talk about how magical their hands are and Ooh, um Ooh. <laughs> yeah no it sounds gross only or, Abe has those you know just, hands. <laughs> just 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 <laughs> uh i would know but um yeah, just yeah, talking yeah. about talking about like oh you, you you need me to get better or you know like the way they they create the the contextual relationship between them and their patient is very much so a you're going to need me to get from point A to point B and i think Damn. that's bullshit because right. you're not empowering the person and if you're uh, not empowering them then you're just you know like using your hands to jerk yourself off right right so you know we're not out here breaking your adhesions or mobilizing your scar tissue or anything like that we're oh, probably fuck. putting an input to your nervous system 
that makes you feel safe within the context of what it is. And now all of that allows you to feel comfortable to start loading that tissue. Maybe. Right. You really said that you really did break down the whole fucking industry single handedly. Yeah. It just wow. came a little so, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, because it makes me think of like the whole myofascial release, and people were talking about like rolling on uh, on foam would break down your uh, your and, your facial tissue or whatever the fuck it was called. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and don't don't get me wrong. I I get people to roll on foam rollers, and it just depends on what the reason is. But you're not you're not feeding them bullshit not, though. No, I, yeah, yeah, like. You guys ever cut open a human body and see an IT band? That thing is thick, yeah. right? Ain't Wait, nobody, you ain't nobody stretching that. Oh, he was in a plaid uh, canise. Yes. He was half naked. Yeah. Remember? So. Yeah, 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 we were half yeah. naked cutting up cadavers. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. No, so you actually had a you had a firsthand. So that so that's a big myth. Uh, it, it's it's people who are creating a dependency from their their clients Absolutely. on them yeah. and only them because they have they have the magic beans. Well. Because they're exactly. hungry, they just want money, though. Yeah, yeah. They don't make a living. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Do you? Uh, well, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. finish your thought. Finish your thought. Uh, that, that was it. What, what were you going to say? I've seen a lot of powerlifting coaches because I think the point that you made was like, "Hey, look, you know, powerlifting coaches or just coaches in general, like Who? Which use coaches." Oh, you me, no, what, what he, what, what, what I hear you saying is more of like, "Hey, like, let's build a relationship. Like, you, you focus in your specialized area." And I and this is mine. So like, if I am assisting your athletes, it's to get them back to you in a healthy way. It's not to like keep them from you. Like you're not going to also throw in like a a, a sixteen week, uh, you know, peaking yeah. schedule. Yeah. So like, I hear you trying to you know establish that relationship, but I see a, I see some coaches that are like taking what they learn from PT and then regurgitating it and then trying to like pass it off as their their suggestions on how people can get back from injury. So like, do you see that as being a dangerous um, practice? Because I mean, I, I guess I don't know how much somebody can truly uh, pass on the information of a, of a trained PT. Uh, but do you see that happening? Like the, the lines blurring between coaches thinking that they can do what a PT does? I personally haven't ran across any coach like that in my time, thankfully, right? Okay. But I, I can see that happening. I see it happening in the PT field, right? Nice. Like I can watch a YouTube video of a world-famous PT pick up some gems and be like, oh, that's my idea, Yeah. right? <laughs> and it's, it's the same concept ultimately. But I'm okay with that because at the end of the day, in the long term and in the long game, you're going to get exposed, period. And I don't do like, like I don't focus on tactics. I focus on principles. And if you can have the greatest tactics in the world and get someone and you can get maybe a couple people good really quick, but in the long term, you're not going to, you're not going to get a lot of people. Well, I can have shitty tactics, but really good principles. And in the long game, I'm going to win every single time. So go ahead, right? Whichever coaches are out there doing that, go for it. But you're just screwing yourself over at the end of the day. And that's a potential relationship that might go sour later down the line. Because mm-hmm. for me, and this is this is going to go into myth number two, is we don't know everything, right? If I were to sit here and tell you I know everything about movement and coaching and whatnot, fuck no. Like, 
I I couldn't program a, a lifting thing for a power lifter, <laughs> not at all. Like I'm not good at that. That's not my expertise. I, I'm not going to look at a squat and know how to perfectly optimize it for a power lifter as much as a powerlifting coach would. That's mm-hmm. their field. I can notice when there's dysfunction or when there's like a limitation or like something that's off specific to their individual body, which can then be used by the coach to program a little bit more efficiently, you know, like things like that I can do. But at the end of the day, if I need help with something, I'm going to go to the expert. So mm-hmm. if I need help with a power lifter, I'm going to go find a powerlifting coach and go ask them, Hey, I'm having trouble with this guy doing this, this and that. Right. So I think having those connections and being open to not knowing things is room to grow and learn things. Right. So mm-hmm. if you know everything, how are you going to learn anything? Correct. So, yeah. And I guess like to follow up, I feel, I feel like there is, um, like a lack of knowledge on both ends, like from like a PT perspective, like someone who's only does physical therapy and like, who's not really involved in powerlifting and doesn't really know like the demands, like of the task, like that people are going through, like they don't know like really what the squat requires. Um, and like what, like where stress is placed whenever you squat, like whenever you do a wide stance squat, whenever you do close stance squat and like that, how, like how that affects, um, like someone's pain, like, and like, and you have like the powerlifting coach who like is involved, like who's been like doing this for a while, but they don't really know the movement, like the movement, like how to get someone moving better or get someone out of pain, but they know like the demands, like of the squat, they know these kind of stuff. So I feel like you kind of need a mix of both. Like you can't really have a PT who like, who doesn't really know anything about squatting to help someone get back to squatting. And also you can have like your powerlifting coach like get you back pain-free if they don't know anything, like if they don't know their, their anatomy and physiology, they don't know any, um, like they don't have like a, a system or like a way to get someone back pain-free. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like there's like a disconnect there where like you kind of need a mixture of both. It's so, like for you, how much you feel like there's like enough knowledge for you to kind of help powerlifters uh, where like it's sufficient, like for you to kind of get them back into like into training pain-free and like what's not enough because like I've worked with PTs before who like don't really know about powerlifting at all. So if there was like a disconnect and like the main focus was always like passive range of motion where like sometimes like it helps, but it doesn't really translate over. Um, I don't for know. Sure. It, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, personally for me, I, I feel very comfortable with it because I feel as though I have a very thorough understanding of biomechanics and it's growing also. Like it's not complete. It's never going to be complete. There's always something to learn, but that's just effortful, like time I spent to learn it. Right. Most PTs, uh, I'm assuming you probably just, you know, you go, you get your bridges and clamshells some something like that so that's that's not at all what should happen right like but i guess how can i answer that really for i'll speak for myself right when it comes to like powerlifting even just any movement if you have a step-by-step system and 
guiding principles to take you, you should be able to work with anyone at the end of the day. Now, when it comes to performance, right, that's beyond the scope of rehab, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the principle should remain the same, though, because performance and rehab should mirror each other. Performance is just higher up the graded, graded exposure ladder. That's, that's literally all it is. Coaches are working at a higher level than what p- physical therapists are. And as a physical therapist, if you want to help whoever's in front of you to the best of your ability, you need to have an idea and understanding of the performance part of things as well. And also understand that true performance does not come like for free, right? People will be having aches and pains or whatever it is, but performance is a sacrifice of health. Like any high level athlete out there, they're not fully healthy, but that's okay. So now as a PT, you have to put on the hat of, okay, maybe my goal isn't to quote unquote fix you and get you right because we're not going to have the time for that. And the demands of your sport or your schedule are not going to allow that. But how can we get your body in a way to maximize the amount of time as in months, years before you fully, you know, can't do it anymore. That's a whole different skill set. Yeah. Than just uh, rehabbing. Because mm-hmm. also like, you don't want to be doing, trying to do your job and you have, you have your, like the powerlifting coach, um, like for your patient, like giving them like four times a week squatting, like with high intensity and like, you're trying to do your job, but you can't really do your job because like the programming or like the stress of their training is too high for you to like to get anything done like from your like from your work like you want kind of both of them kind of work together um a hundred percent i think that would be ideal but even still like um i I haven't had too many relationships with too many coaches to this point so for me it would be more or less of if if the the client or patient is there i'm going to give them that spiel about performance and health right and Mm -hmm. if they keep wanting to run into pain and pain and pain and pain over and over and over again at that point i'm gonna tell them i can help you manage that but i'm not going to get that better because if you're constantly running into pain even at a lower load at that point then we we need to take a step back no amount of programming is going to solve that right Mm because we need to take a step back and create whatever necessary physical and neurological adaptation to your body so that we can build from the ground up again. Yeah, for sure. I think we could it there. I think that was pretty pretty good. Damn. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Thank man. you Hell so yeah. much. You know? yeah. no, thank you to, guys. So yeah. We got to do the outro though. And, yeah. and Evan, I know you want to do it, but we got to let I got Josh you. do I got it. You. I know, I know guys, you want to, you but not, not today. You do it all the time. Josh, do you want to, you want to tell the people where they can <laughs> oh, find us? Sure. Sure. So, wait, hold on. Wait, sorry. Well, wait, no, no. Before Josh. they can find us. Yeah. Wait, where can they find Nevin. you, Nevin? Come on. Yeah. So Nevin, plug yourself, dog. Where can the viewers find you? So y'all can find me on Instagram at Revenant Physical Therapy, um, Revenant Physical Re- RevenantPT.com. Send me an email at <clears throat> RevenantPhysicalTherapy at gmail.com. But Instagram would be a good spot. We're putting out a bunch of content on there on a weekly basis, and um, gonna put out more AMAs as far as like what the audience would like to learn more about as well because mm-hmm. right now I'm just kind of shooting more general stuff and 
the more I, I want to get more engaged with the audience and create more stuff for people that, you know, the information they're, they're looking for. And I'm more than happy to take suggestions. So Instagram is a great place to find me and hit me up. And then, you know, we can always collaborate, work together, get you going, whatever it is. So, nice. yeah. So Revenant Physical Therapy on Instagram. And then it has a link to your website physical location nice okay very cool awesome yeah, I'll I'll there you we go yeah. so and dfw yeah. powerlifters in the area we're not uh, just powerlifters yeah or just a, any yeah caucasian mom white woman yeah if you <laughs> are a big, big titty latina <laughs> whatever you may happen to be no but yeah, honestly whatever though, you yeah, whoever be, you are yeah. if you're in pain yeah hit, hit you, you, you want a pt that cares and will help you you know nevin nevin's your guy so all right, yeah. I feel bad. Well, let, you know, let's not even tell them where to find us this week. Let's just let's just leave it I, on that. <laughs> they can find. They know where to find us if they want to find us. Find us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it is it is at chalk my back on Instagram. But whatever, give us five stars. Give us five stars <laughs> oh, on, on Spotify. If you're Man, if you're there, just give us five stars. Man, if you come across Nevin's episode, give it ten stars. Give us fucking three. Yeah, yeah give yeah. it three separate fucking reviews. Yeah. Honestly, but you know, yeah, we may have to have Nevin on again in the future, yeah. just so that we oh, can yeah, just so we sure. can talk more. I mean, y'all may even Hell be yeah. there. I don't know. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. We'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll do a follow up. Yeah, we'll yeah. Gotta see. Man, this website this... looks good, dog. I'm looking at it right now. This is a really oh, here we go. Well built website. Here comes the hand job. Yeah, it's coming for you right now. <laughs> That's 100. Percent. She did the whole thing herself. So.